Let me hit record real quick. Yeah, the, the fingerprints on your screen look like an entire landscape. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. How you doing, America? America. We're back. Wow. We're back. PBS Live. Thank you, everybody in the audience. Oh. Woo, doggy. I feel like we got a lot of people just like working in their offices. Everybody's busy today, man. Everybody's yeah, busy today. You know, like it's bear, people want to work. Hey, it's it bear builders, market. Bear market blues. Austin almost went underwater this weekend or this week. Uh, what? What does that mean? We almost died. Everybody almost died. Logan was homeless for two days. Is that true? You were homeless for two days? He started a fire in his apartment. Kyle. He burned his furniture. Kyle, Kyle lost uh, his unfortunately, dog. Unfortunately, he won't be selling sats. Uh, won't be selling chairs for sats anymore because he burned all of his chairs for firewood to stay warm. Iris went missing because of the storm. Uh, no, actually, it was quite crazy, though. Like, um, I was sketched out every time I wanted to take my dog out to go to the bathroom because I had to walk under trees with like completely frozen branches and like everywhere I looked, branches were just falling off trees, like crushing cars. People were dying this week, ladies and gentlemen. Tristan got punched in the eye with a tree. By a tree branch. I was collecting firewood with like branches crashing down nearby. Yeah. Um. It was I'm, bad. Listen, I'm just saying. If this. I mean, is like we're a, all eating chili right now. This is how bad we have no lights. Club Lab barely holding up right now. Is that from the ice storm or is it just bear market? I think I might have forgot to pay the electric bill. That might is that be, what that is? That okay, that makes it. sense. Austin Energy, leave it on. There's builders building. Hey, yo, I'm just saying, though, um, if this is like a semi-regular occurrence where, like, Texas gets ice storms, like, why are we so ill-prepared? I can give you a hundred different reasons, but the main reason is I think this is what I, I was talking to my Uber driver today. Uh, I think the main reason is, like, you have... The days off right so like tuesday everything was closed city was closed wednesday was closed i think thursday were they closed so it was like three days in a row where no one was working in the city and i think that's what happens it's just this overwhelming uh list of things that have to get done and no one's doing them because they're all off i mean i don't know what, what do you guys think i don't think that has anything to do with the fact that like no? trees were like growing over power lines well before the ice storm though like the influx of people into Austin over this like short time span and the infrastructure like didn't grow to accommodate that. So it's like, but dude, from what I understand, like most of the power outage has nothing to do with like not having enough energy load and everything to do with the fact that power lines just froze and crushed and fell over everywhere because trees that were growing out over the so power maybe it was a drought got got covered in thousands of pounds of Toaster? ice and then just like crushed. Yeah, but part of Austin Energy's job, but description, if you like look at it, is to trim trees from over power lines. Their their head person makes four hundred thousand dollars a year to Wait, like where organize people. To, from? Where are you I, pulling these facts from? I was like paying attention to the news. Okay, just making sure. But, just making sure we're reporting the right. The news. person who runs uh, Austin Energy is the highest paid city, uh, like official, yeah. in the whole city. Four hundred k. Four hundred thousand dollars and some change. Wow. And that that salary wasn't enough to like get people organized to trim trees effectively. I, there were like reports all over Twitter about like, hey, we called to say that this was a problem months ago, and we basically got the message that said, uh, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. All right, let's do it. Um, yeah. So I think there was like ten fatalities. Was it ten people that passed away this week? Because like Ben White got stopped. Like, did you see that wreck, dude? It was like all these cars piled up on Ben White flyover. I think there was like two or three fatalities. I didn't notice any ice on any of the streets when I was outside at all. Yeah, it was it was bad, man. It's it's been a bad week. Dallas looked terrible. I saw photos of Dallas bridges, and there were like literally people like ice skating, and and they were like snowboarding. They were like getting pulled by like skis and shit, like out on the on the highways. Trying doing, like, to find the Austin freeze, but yeah, that that happened this week. So. I, but it's I think, been a non-productive week for most of Austin, including the big uh, I don't know about that. There is one guy in this in this lab though that literally doesn't miss. It doesn't matter if like there's an ice storm, 
you know, Armageddon. Keon um, just happens to show up every single day at 8 a.m. It's just like, it's like, dude, come on, man. This is getting ridiculous. He wants. You're making us all look he bad. He, he shows up every day at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. He's just walking with a stacker news hat. Is it 8 a.m. or is it 9 a.m.? It's 8, 9 a.m. And then he leaves it. Oh, you see, 6 a.m. You see? But it doesn't matter if the world's dying. Keon's still there going to Snacker News. I, I uh, nominate Keon for Club of the Month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do Club of the hey, Month. Hey, where's uh, Alex? We got to get him to like put up like a little a little board where we can put up like stars and stickers. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a smiling face sticker. You get like uh, you get ten Bitcoin orange circle stickers, and you get like a uh, yeah. This is the this is the trees. Yeah, exactly. Corkboard, whiteboard, say, uh, more trees. Is, do we have one of those already? I feel like we do. Who, who's uh, who's we got uh, so many new things in the office, man? I can't keep up. With wow, it. look at that one. What is who's it? uh, who's who's yeah, those are bad. whose energy went out this week, or whose power went out? Just three, power just three. <laughs> wow. What about water? Did anybody's water go out? No. no? You were safe and sound, Ty. That's good. There's like you and Brecky are the only artists in Bitcoin, so we have to protect y'all. I mean, that's it. I mean. If you live in the city, you're almost always fine. I had I I honestly my only concern was that I was going to lose all my beef, but luckily my freezer is in the garage and my garage is freezing. So like even when the power died, it was pretty much just in a freezing room anyway. So I just Wait, left it in there. It's an eighth of a yeah. cow was left in there. It was already frozen. And my garage is literally, like, it was almost freezing temperatures inside the garage. So, like, I my beef probably would have been fine for, like, three days is my guess. I lost power for 13 hours, and then it came back on intermittently for, like, the next 24 after that. Yeah. It was a crazy week, man. Um, what else was going on? ABC. Did anybody go to ABC last night? Uh, yeah, it was good. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. It was a low turnout because of the yeah. You know what else is going on? I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Keep uh, going. No, that was rude. I'm did, sorry, did, Ty. Did you... you had... Oh, dude, Ziki came back again? Yeah, yeah. How is... How are we pulling this off? Gosh. Ziki's the new Noster. <laughs> <laughs> the new Noster. Oh, cool. Ziki, uh, PBS. I mean, look, you raised $7 million for your food business. You can... Did they really? Yeah, they you didn't. Dude, they raised on like a, on like a tech model of like... He like sold investors on this idea of like uh, like fully integrated like what? stack where really? like all of his equipment is self built. He has like access to all of the parts and like if anything breaks, it's like cheaper. It's like a big upfront cost, but the idea is that over the long haul, it's working. The, it, I mean, he raised seven million dollars, and now it's, all of a sudden there's like Ziki trucks all over Austin. It's there's working, billboards dude. everywhere. The food's okay. I the, think it's the Ziki good. takeover it's is not, happening. It doesn't like blow my socks off, but it's good. It's yeah. hey, look, it's no seed oils. I like it. It's it's. I think it's gonna work. Local, I, I want to know where he gets his meat. If he's not getting it from KNC, we should get I'll that. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Duck eggs. Duck eggs. Are duck legit. eggs back there. Duck eggs. Duck eggs. Thank you for the duck eggs. Oh, I, I ate them all, though. The ones that you did bring. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're gone. They're good. I am. I am. I'm so sad that raw milk is illegal. That seems ridiculous to me. We should fix that, at least in the state of Texas. I'm, I'm just saying. I drink it anyways. I'm paying for it in cash. Not going to tell you where I get it, but um, the fact that I can't buy a gallon of milk legally is regarded. Yeah, it's I don't regarded. know about that. Of course they did. That's that's amazing. Your mom smash bought too much Bitcoin and started a raw milk club. She's living on the edge, man. <laughs> what were you going to say? You can buy raw milk at the farmer's That's what I was going to say, Kyle. I think you're taking the law. Yeah. Take the law too seriously. I, I found the connection at the farmer's market. All right. It might have been a farmer, yeah. You should get the duck eggs. You know what else is going on, though, in the city of Austin right now we should talk about? There's um, legislation being passed in all types of ways, shapes, and forms for uh, innovation. And there's somebody in the audience who might actually be able to talk about it. If you want to you come up you and tell come us up? about what you're working on? Yeah, we'll try. All right, come on. All right, cars, cars going this. up. <laughs> no, no, the pubs don't care. There's like uh, everybody. Everybody who's watching is right here anyway, so it wouldn't. Oh, we got one viewer. I'm. It's it's actually it's actually probably my fiance. Hi, I love you. 
Brother. I, I miss you. Okay, it could be Austin's wife. I guess that's a possibility. I, I love you too in, in a very different way. I hope it is. <laughs> hey, Tony, I love you too if it's you, man. Um, yeah, really great to be here. I just uh, came to visit like an hour ago or so. and 15 um, minutes maybe, yeah. Yeah, cool. cool Introduce yourself. In Chile, so... Uh, I don't think anyone here knows. I mean, maybe one or two people has been filled in that you were coming, but I think okay. everybody else has. Yeah, well, this is a really great uh, chance to meet everyone. Well, hi, everyone. I'm CF. <laughs> I said some earlier in the kitchen when I was like waiting in line for the chili, but yeah, CS, like CS 101 or CS Lewis. But um, yeah, I've been living in Austin for 15 years now and um, mostly been in like startup and venture world. So, um, you know, it's a really important time. We've got legislation kicked off a couple of weeks ago and um, if there's something that we can do for for startups and early stage technology, um, I think that you know government folks should be aware. It's not uncommon for founders to uh, go without salary uh, for a year or longer, you know, and um, they'll put their house up, you know, from work, take a second mortgage on their house kind of situation. So. Um, and th this is our, our state's like future big time job creators as well. Am I talking in this? I just like went off on a tangent already. You, you, you might be. That's <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least we have microphones back in the day. You had to fight over the single one that we had with the equipment, like falling yeah. in the trash can. No, this is nice. This is great. It's come um, up in the world. It's been a good year. Yeah. We, back when we didn't pay ourselves a salary, we. We it's, had to like fight over a single microphone. It so. is it is not uncommon. Tough yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, it could be rough. And so yeah, again, I think that if like government folks just knew or were reminded um, how tough it is, especially in the early days, you're trying to build something, um, trying to prove out a new concept, then I think that some sort of recognition, some support should be available. Um, so yeah, I mean, now's the time. Our deadline is coming up in the next couple of weeks to fully submit um, what we're calling a venture bill. So it's uh, really just going in with Texas VCs who obviously are professional investors, um, identifying um, you know sectors. The, the governor's really interested in blockchain technology. Sure. Um, you know, ag tech. Uh, Green energy, cybersecurity is a really big deal that I think state of Texas wants to see success stories happen here inside the state. So anyway, that's my uh, little soapbox. Kinda. Can you tell us what the legislation you're trying to push forward is and then perhaps how our community can, can help to support? Yeah, yeah, that would be really great. Um, it's really what we're working on is something small enough to just like get done very quickly is the idea, but a small $50 million fund, maybe on up to 100 and it maybe negotiated down some. But um, yeah, to initially thought of it as a matching non-dilutive grant, following in, you know, Texas VC's investments inside the state in those specific sectors um, but really you know along the way um, we were thinking well let's not have to go back to the state every other year which is when our legislative session happens um, we should have this as a self-replenishing fund so um, the idea is to have a long-term economic prosperity you know uh, situation and um, and then, you know, given the context of things, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, more tumultuous next two years. So if there's something that we can at least attempt in this session, I think it's going to make a really big difference, not just over, you know, the next two years of uncertainty, but over the next decade. So um, could be great for Texas. And the larger context is there's 32 other states that have some kind of initiative to help startups, um, whether that's a deal closing thing, like move to Tulsa. Tulsa does that really well. Um, Red and Tulsa's paying $10,000 to move there exactly. currently still. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yep. 
They're calling it Remote Tulsa or something, Tulsa Remote or something. So I know an Austin company that moved there. I was actually just reading an article about it. Mm -hmm. We used to work yeah. right alongside them over at Capital Factory. It's very timely. Um, I think it can make a big difference. So yeah, and the last note I would I would make on that is, look, I mean, here we are a couple blocks away from us. We have the Texas State Capitol. There, it just, not to be like too trippy about it or whatever, but there is 200 billion dollars sitting a couple blocks away from us and not a single penny is going to recognize startups yeah and early stage technology founders boo <laughs> so um but you know that's that's the opportunity is i i feel optimistic and i think that um yeah if just government folks knew about the situation this is also um our part as well. We needed one organization, you know, to get startups and VCs together and some kind of, oh, so they, she gets it or he gets it. She, she, yeah. She loves it. Yes. Yeah. Come on. We I have your support. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Cute puppy. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just a really good time. And by the way, out of that 200 billion, 32 or 33 billion was extra. That's the extra budget spending money that um yeah i think before it was like 260 or something billion so there's something that we can do for sure for entrepreneurs and um and yeah we'd so love the second to... half of the question how can how can we help is there any way that the community can help to kind of push or make sure that this legislation has a chance at getting through yeah, yeah. It's really, um, you know, sign up for our newsletter. It's the Texas Venture Association dot org. So Texas Venture Association dot org. We've got a venture bill. You could read the draft at the like, final draft one pager on um, kind of the economics of what we're trying to create. And uh, yeah, so sign up for the newsletter. Keep in touch with it. We love y'all's feedback on this as well uh, we're co-creating something here and then even personally i've never done anything like this before i'm being very entrepreneurial about it but um there's a big vision um the outcomes could be really terrific for the state um but let's face it this is we're talking about entrepreneurs here this is um, job creation this is the type of job creation <laughs> And uh, yeah, we love your we love y'all's support. So sign up for the newsletter. Okay. Give us your feedback too on the Texas Venture Association org website. And um, I know that collectively we can make a, a big difference. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I didn't even know I was gonna be up here. <laughs> like super nervous. I just want to go back to my chili. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So thanks for throwing. Or I'm sorry for throwing you on the spot. No, no, All right, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Anybody? Ashley? We want to come up and do some mimicry? <laughs> All right. Anyways, what else are we talking about? What's new in the space? Oh, Topher's joining me. Oh, shit. Yeah, I have son. no idea what's going on in the space, so I've been a hermit for a while. Have you? You've just yeah. been in there hacking away on uh, bit escrow? Away. On bit escrow and. I, I, I heard Noster something stuff. about. No, I was just about to say, I heard something about Noster stuff today. Tristan seemed to be real excited. You want to you talk about what you two are working on? Come on up here, big yeah. CEO. Man. Sure. Let's take over the stream. Is there chili in my teeth? Oh, those are mine. No, we're good. Anyway. Yeah, so uh, I guess we should tell everyone we started a fight club. Yeah? Yeah, we lost. Fight club. <laughs> you should see the other guy. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was hiking. I got hit in the face of the branch, which really hurt. Why are you laughing? It hurt, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Most interesting pleb in the world. It's not me. Anyway. It is you. Yeah, so. It's literally you. <laughs> literally me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been hard, man. You want to talk about how uh, it's hard to get a bank account when you're a yeah, Bitcoin so company? I hate banks, mm -hmm. and I hate them even more when they don't have us. What's up, Austin? Woo. <laughs> um, we're currently having an issue with the legal side. What's that? I just said that. I got hit in the branch, or hit in the face of the branch. Um, 
Well, want to talk so, about? Okay, we will. Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to okay, it. Okay, we'll talk about bank stuff first. Um. Anyway, so we're having a legal issue where the name of our corporation is scaring away banks because we're a cryptocurrency escrow company, which is like <laughs> what? <laughs> sure. Um, we're having a problem with our corporation name because it's scaring away banks and we give us a bank account because of it. We need a bank account to raise money because we can't raise money without a bank account and a place to put it. So we're trying to fix that. Development's been going good as far yeah. as I know. Development's great. Yeah. Yeah. Does that include Nostra Chan? <laughs> well, Nostra Chan is still under wraps. Yeah. But yeah. So I bought uh, the domain.org. Yeah, so uh Bit Escrow is gonna be pretty much run on top of Noster. Uh, yeah. So I'm building out a lot of tooling for that. Uh, there's already a library out called uh, Noster Utils. Um, it's still in heavy development, but there's a lot of cool things on it that do work. And so, uh, yeah, the MVP for our Bidesco app is going to be run on top of Noster. It's going to be pretty cool. So to review, we're a non-custodial escrow service. So negotiate contracts over Noster. On a decentralized platform, yeah, with no backend, not committed to any particular relay or host. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm unstoppable. Really, I'm really excited, man. And the best part is that when anybody can become an agent, then it's going to create thousands of jobs. Oh, yeah. Thousands. Yeah, that'll be the fun part. What does it mean to become an agent? What do you mean by that? Okay, so <clears throat> to become an agent, what that means is... Like an escrow agent? Yeah, pretty much. So if you want to sign up and be the person to handle the customer support system for the dispute, you can be that person, and we'll give you a fraction of that... Um, fee so you can make money, right? So if it's a ten, no, if it's a hundred thousand dollar dispute, and the fees, well, I, don't, I haven't decided on fees yet, um, but there are thousands of dollars to be made as an agent. So I want to create, or we want to create a marketplace so anybody can become an agent, and it'll be based on our ranking system. So the better of an agent you are, the more money you make, and you know it's good for your reputation. So it just kind of churns um, that for you. But anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, so <clears throat> the, the technical aspect of it is that we're going to basically create a Bitcoin transaction that has these like control points in it using hash locks. And so those control points are going to be, let's say that like, you choose BitEscrow to be the agent for a particular transaction. Like we would have custody over those control points. So we can't, we don't have custody over the money, but we do have partial custody over how the money flows in a particular situation, so we can handle disputes. But uh, that control point can be an agent that's sitting at a desk that just hits a button, approve or deny. That control point can be an API that returns a particular call. And uh, I don't want to limit it to just like what BitEscrow can build. Like literally, I want it so that anybody can basically plug into the system and be an authority. And just say, like, this is how we settle a dispute. And whatever it takes to settle that dispute and release that key or that secret that you need to actually spend the money on chain and sweep the funds, like, it could be anything. So that's what I'm most excited about. You're, you're like building a, a Bitcoin transaction with some of the fields locked away. And what the agent can control is the output. Exactly. Like where it's going to. Where the money's mm -hmm. going, yeah. Yeah. So... Like the contract will ultimately be wrapped in a time lock because we don't want funds to be trapped forever. But before that time runs out, you know, a transaction can settle down particular spending paths. And those spending paths are locked. Right now we're using hash locks, which is kind of primitive, but it actually works really well. So you essentially need to know the pre-image to a hash, same as uh, the way Lightning works with HTLCs. You need to know that pre-image to a hash. So if you know that secret pre-image, that is what you need to spend the money. I have a question, because I don't know this myself. If I send it to the wrong address, can we reverse that or dispute it? Send it to the wrong address? Well, yeah. what, once the money's sent, it's sent. So unless we're like sending it into another contract, we can't I really see. reverse it. We can RBF it. Yeah. What is RBF? Replace that mm, I see. Yeah. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, if, if the money hasn't been, if the transaction hasn't been settled yet, I, you could, yeah, I mean, that would be a part of being able to resolve a contract. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of development, we're working on like a currently a, a actual usable version of this. So people actually start <laughs> using it. We've been talking about it for a while. 
Um, but there's been so many complications. Um, we're getting we're getting this close, and uh, it's looking really great. Technically, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, fucking it's also amazing. a lot of fun. To my work God, on. part of my French, but my God, it's gonna be really cool. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. But um, great anyway, yeah, thanks, man. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Um, yeah. Yeah. Ordinals. So let's talk about ordinals. Yeah. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Uh, ordinals car. Oh, that was just like a cheap get-rich-quick scheme. I don't know we'll if I want to share that because then everybody else is going to try and do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, no. so I, I did a deep dive on not just ordinals but inscriptions. So uh, if you want to do an inscription yourself, you pretty much have two ways to do it. You can use the software that uh, Casey wrote. Shout out to Casey. Um, but that requires a full Bitcoin node, like a full Bitcoin node, no pruning or anything. Uh, and then you have to use the software to create the inscription because essentially it's like a tap script transaction. So he's all already written the software to create that special tap script. Um, if you want to do it manually, then you have to construct everything manually. It's like way more difficult. So uh, we ordered uh, or no, you provided a drive for me to use so we can set up a full node. And I was just going to set up like a, an inscription uploading service. Or it's just like a simple web page. Kind of like right? Yeah, like upload a JPEG and we'll just basically have a backend that uses the ORD software to write it to the blockchain. Simple. And we'll charge SATs, right? Pay an invoice, get an inscription on the blockchain. Simple. So, I don't know. It seems like really stupid simple, like something you can code in a day. I don't know. Maybe he has. But, like, he's he's so deep into, like, just kind of, like he he's got this new Discord community, so shout out to the Ordinal Discord community. Um, oh, there's so many degenerates in that channel. It's great. Yeah, there's like so many people from Ethereum that are just you like, know, though, how think, do I trade on uh, Bitcoin? How do I trade my Bitcoin NFTs? It's like it's great. I, I love think, it. I, I love the chaos. A great opportunity to actually orange pull them and actually teach them what we're doing here. Exactly. Because you know they know a fraction of what. Bitcoin is right, but they don't really full, fully understand the depth of the mission that we're trying to achieve here. And I argue that we could honestly benefit from, from teaching these people because because education is the best selling point for selling method. Excuse me, but um, yeah. You know, that said, that's annoying. <laughs> I I think inscriptions are probably going to convert a lot of people onto Bitcoin. I think so. I think yeah. they are going to introduce them into like the Bitcoin blockchain to to Lightning because uh, people are going to want to buy and sell and trade, and that's going to happen on Lightning. Um, you think so? Yeah, I think Casey is going to do a lot more to protect Bitcoin than a lot of other people have been doing. Because he's, he's actually put together a, a use case that people like, that people find useful, that actually put pressure on the fee market and drive up fees, which we were talking about this all Bitcoiners need to be pro-fees. Like, if you're not pro-fees and you think the block subsidy is going to pay for everything, you're sadly mistaken. Like, we, we need the fee market to go up by 100x at least. Yeah, I agree. Because I remember when we were driving to San Antonio to uh, talk at SFBC, you were talking about how the real price of Bitcoin isn't actually the price to fiat ratio. It's more so of the, was it the, the price to mine a block, right? Or is that well, something else? So the, the price of Bitcoin is, I mean, outside of speculation, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's what really drives the price outside of speculation is utility. Like how many people are actually using it? So if you look at the marketplace, that is the blockchain, like, okay, how many of those transactions are people that are actually using it to just do commerce? And how many are people who are just doing trading? You know, and I think like the vast yeah. majority of it is people doing trading. It's not people doing commerce. And so we need... There needs to be more pressure on the fee market from people that actually see the utility in Bitcoin and actually want to use it. And so, yeah. So if if, if it, that ends up being inscriptions, then so be it. It's got to be something. You know, it is a free market, so anybody can come up with a good way to get people to see the value of Bitcoin, to see the value of having like this experiment that we're all in for having this decentralized global settlement layer that isn't controlled by anybody like it's not for free so we have to come up with use cases that make it valuable enough that people will want to use it for its utility and not as a speculation asset so 
Yeah, like I think Casey has done a lot for that, and so I applaud him for it. So I'm like Shout totally pro inscriptions, even though I think NFTs are a shit show. Um, you know, at you least know what, it's though? on Bitcoin. I, listen, the one use case I see for NFTs is for gaming. That's it. For now, that's it. Super, right. super said that like way back in like almost the onset of Blood Lab as an entity. I remember he had just gotten to Austin and he said something along the lines of like, hey man, if people are gonna like build something that like has value because people think it has value, if, they, if the market says that there's need or want for it, even if I disagree with it or think it's silly, I'd rather them build it on Bitcoin than on something else. And I 100% agree. I 100% agree as well. It's like, look, you don't have to like NFTs, Twitter reply guy, but if you don't, just be quiet or, or voice your opinion. That's why too. You should have the ability to voice your opinion. But you know what? I'd rather them build it on Bitcoin than, than build it on Ethereum because that value, whether you think it's valuable or not, is clearly thousands or millions of people do think it's Right. Furthermore, I would even argue that the entire gaming industry is going to be the driving factor for mainstream adoption. Full stop. Yeah. And I really mean that. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of gaming. There's right. a lot so of what, digital trading that goes so on. What's in happening gaming. right now is that. I don't know what that is. But what's happening right now is that <laughs> there are even Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's Lannis. Oh, I have so, to get in on that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really cool stuff. Satlantis.net. Yeah. Satlantis.net. Satlantis. Check it out. Very cool. Um, but what's happening right now in the crypto space is that I, I, I hate these I hate these terms for, for my life. But what's happening is that with Web One, people found out how to make stuff but not monetize it. Web Two was like, okay, we monetized it. I'm sorry. I don't know how to define it exactly. Anyway, the point is I'm trying to get to is Web Three is monetizing nothing, right? They're, they figured out how to monetize anything. They don't know what to monetize, right? So that said, I believe gaming is what the target focus should be for not all Bitcoin products, but it'll be a huge driving factor for adoption, like I said earlier, because kids are on games. What's happening right now is that there are amazing games out there, right? I love games. But the issue is that these companies are making decentralized, money-making games with the- Decentralized. Yes, yeah, decentralized. <laughs> With, with like the, Axie Infinity, with the thought of making money first, right? They don't give. A, they don't give any. Didn't curse. They don't care about the story at all, right? So, for example, like World of Warcraft, super popular game, right? But do they, have, they don't have. They don't have any Web three stuff in their game, right? And what's happening now is that these Web three games are saying, "Okay, cool, we figured out how to make money with these games, right?" But the games at themselves, they kind of suck, right? So if we had gaming tools that were implemented and built into these game engines that game developers use that are built on Bitcoin, then I think that's gonna be the huge, the, the biggest driving factor for adoption because like I said earlier, kids are learning about Bitcoin. And then, when, then, when kids yeah. learn how to use something and they use it in a game, they're gonna use it. Kids are the future. So like they if are. you get kids interested into Bitcoin, they're gonna become the future developers that bring Bitcoin to the next level. And it's also relevant to BitEscrow because <clears throat> when Steam actually accepted Bitcoin for their products, the percent amount of transactions that were fraudulent was 51%. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. They need our API. How right? many of those was like stuff from Counter-Strike? Like Actually Counter -Strike. a lot. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Counter-Strike is like a big a lot. one. There it's was like, like a, man, like I remember where um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fraud when it comes to trading oh digital items in Counter-Strike specifically. So my friend those, one of the top those loot in the crates. And he trades knives all the time. He's, he's, he's probably transacted $100,000 worth of knives, right? And Some you'd be surprised how many people actually get scammed selling these things. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like people in these other countries that aren't uh, as, you know, um, what's the word? Can't think of the word, but they're not in America, right? So these people actually live off of these economies that are in-game economies. And they do this for a living, which is wild. Yeah. And if we were to take that 
put it on Bitcoin, have them spend the money they made from the game in your life, that's going to be a huge driving factor. Has anyone here played MMOs? Like an MMORPG? What the hell? Yeah. <clears throat> Massively multiplayer, multiplayer online role-playing game. game. Yeah. Mm, MMOs are interesting because they end up having these like virtual economies that are quite complex. And some of them get so big that the real economy starts to invade. Like EVE Online. Yeah, well, man, EVE Online, <laughs> I can go on that? a whole tirade about EVE Online. Yeah, EVE Online is You played mental. that. I, I played oh, God, I do. I tried it. it it's, it's a full-time job. <laughs> it really is, man. Because you, you can probably explain the game better than I can. Yeah, you can do actual espionage in that game. So what is EVE Online? It's a, a game about internet, yeah, spreadsheets yeah. and internet spaceships. It's EVE Online. So what is the point of EVE Online? I know you have to like build ships, sell them, but how long does that take? What are they worth? Um, well, I think, oh, man, I, I haven't been involved in the game in a while, but... Um, sorry, to, the, sorry to break in. You're good. I have a question that I just I want to get answered if possible. Kyle has a question. Wait, well, are we still doing the show? Should we get Austin yeah. on here? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Halfway through? That's it? Wow. Anyways, to answer that question, it was, I think it was like 20, it was over $2,000 for a capital ship. It's probably more than that now. And but, uh, they're selling it for real money? Oh, yeah. EVE Online was a company where they they eventually had to embrace the gold farmers because there was they just couldn't stop it. Like there were international crime syndicates that would set up mining operations, virtual mining operations in the game to 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 make real world money for like black market there's stuff. Been, there's been university papers yeah. written on the economy of EVE Online. Yeah. It's fat and that's just one game. That's just one game. Yeah, World of Warcraft. It's really amazing. Another one that they had to deal with the same issues. They had, like, they had sweatshops full of kids just clicking buttons, just like mining. Yeah. Like it's a, it's like virtual mining, but it turned into real money because they were like laundering this stuff on a black market. It's well, you can yeah. sell like the gold on like eBay and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And again, at that point, why not just use Bitcoin? Take an existing game that's already doing fascinating in terms of user base. What's so funny? <laughs> The sweatshop kids might even get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible, man. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. Um, anyway. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. Um, anyway, besides the point. I was friends with a Chinese gold farmer. Were you he, like, really? he hung out in the same area I did when I was playing. I feel like you've worked in every industry. And you ever. just go back and forth. I'm not to dox you, but can I tell you? the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Austin, you want to talk about Pleb Dip? Yes, come on up, man. Thanks for having me. So Kyle asked a question. Uh, where do we stand with UT? Uh, so UT is scheduled for the fall. So our class, we had to switch professors that were sponsoring the course, and so we couldn't get uh, into the, um, we couldn't get a syllabus up in time for the winter semester, so we're going to be back in the fall. That's the answer to that, which is great because it gives us plenty of time to do like a much better curriculum. And will this next fall semester will that still be post grad with an attempt at undergrad after that, or where are we at with that? That is a D question. Okay. Um, I I. The fallback is postgrad, but uh, she really wants to get that undergrad. So, I have so much other stuff going on. I enjoy the uh, the peaceful break I have from the winter semester, so I haven't really followed up with D on it yet. Yeah, what is it? What is it like building a postgraduate curriculum on Bitcoin? Uh, it's like your dream. It's like a dream job. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's good. That sounds like a nightmare. And you me. get to teach. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. So I had, uh, we had finals projects and finals projects were amazing. Like all the students submitted like very awesome projects. One of the projects in particular, um, was a simple project, but like this, this group of students, like they decided to make it their project and they figured this out and they essentially just figured out how to do 
RPC calls to a local Bitcoin node from Jupyter Notebook. Okay. And uh, I really enjoy the format of Jupyter Notebooks for anybody who's not familiar. A Jupyter Notebook, it's like, it looks like an online document um, where you have markdown. So it's like similar to like WordPress or something. So you can have all this like cool formatted content that you can read that's easy to read. Then you also have these code blocks that are mixed in with the, with the content. And those code blocks are real, like it's actual live code that's running in those blocks. And so you can write whatever code you want in the block or have code there prepared for you. So you can kind of just click run and see how code works. And it's just like a really amazing way to teach programming. And uh, so the part of their project was, is they put together this like rough concept of essentially teaching how to use Bitcoin from a programming perspective, similar to like Jimmy Song, because he also uses Jupyter Notebooks, hmm. but actually connecting to your Bitcoin node from the notebook. So yeah. you can have a node running in the background and you could show you how to interact with that node. So um, I thought that was brilliant. I'm probably going to steal that and use that for the curriculum. Yeah, that, that something like that would have been excellent for Base58 when I was taking it because um, in base 58, like we're learning about transactions and we're building them from scratch. So you're jumping into your console to run commands to like generate keys or to flip around bytes or whatever you need to do. And you're kind of laying it out like, okay, here's my version. Here's my inputs, my outputs. And so you're kind of jumping between the command line, talking to, you know, making, making these commands, uh, you know, decode transaction, whatever jumping back and forth and it's really messy and it's kind of like a process where you want to show your work so i think a lot of things in bitcoin like if you're learning protocol i think yeah. that's a really amazing tool because you can just all have it all on one page yeah bitcoin client or bitcoin core um the 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 user interface for that hasn't been updated ever um so it's the same clunky uh cute interface uh, cute being the name of the framework that creates in face. It's nothing cute about it, <laughs> but, uh, having to jump from that to like, if, if you're going to live in, a, a like a window, um, and you're doing coding and then to jump to another window where you're like copy pasting stuff into Bitcoin core, it's just like, okay, you can do that. Um, and you can kind of learn the ropes. But if you want to actually develop an application on top of Bitcoin Core and like build an application that you can use to launch a service, maybe like a, a, a SaaS product that actually makes you money, then you want to know how to like do the whole thing. Um, and so it's kind of jarring. You can't copy paste keys like back and forth and stuff like that. So you, you have to have a way to just natively talk to your Bitcoin Core node the way that I like to talk to it, which is RPC. And so to like sh demonstrate how to do that um, from a Jupyter Notebook, I think is just awesome. Because you, you have so much more control over what you can do with your Bitcoin Core node uh, from the command line than uh, from the user interface. So yeah, very bullish on it. That's cool. Can't wait to work on it. Yeah. But how about you? How's your curriculum going? It's going. Not as fast as I want. Uh, not two weeks, TM. I heard Quiet. you have some uh, exciting new stuff planned. Uh, yeah, always, um, just mainly right now, I'm just focused on building out the projects for the second course. And so the first course was, it's like zero to coding and you learn front end with the focus on hopefully building lightning apps. So it's front end only, you're very limited on what you can do, but that's a great way to start. It's if you get into back end in a first course, it's just so much information yeah. for someone who's starting from zero. It's a tough learning curve. Yeah. So for me, from the beginning, making the second backend course was like a necessity. It's like, I have to do it, have to, you know, show the other side of the coin. And so the, the second course, it's going to be two backend projects, kind of two full stack projects that we're going to build. And so I'm putting those together. Um, tomorrow is the weekly live stream. I've been doing live streams every Saturday. I think this will be my sixth week in a row now. Yeah, you should totally plug your live stream, by the way. Uh, Twitch TV uh, slash pleb devs. Okay, that's easy to remember. Yeah, so it's pleb devs on Twitch, pleb devs on YouTube, and then pleb devs on Discord. No, I haven't. I haven't made custom emojis. Probably won't make them of my face. 
tip sats to the stream. No, I need to get Zebedee set up, actually. Uh, it does? Okay. I'll do it 10, 10 seconds before I start my stream tomorrow, then. Do you have um, Disco Pay on Discord? Um, yes, I, I did get Disco Pay. How is that? Have you suggestion. played around with it? Not really yet. But I've started, like, uh, there's been people in the Discord, like, asking me for increasing amounts of help to the point to where they're, like, offering to pay me now uh, for my time. Ooh, which all right. I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying Paid to take people's sats or anything, pleb. but... Yeah. yeah, with three Ps. But it's cool because it, it's showing me that, like, people are working on stuff. They're, they're, like, taking the course, and then they're moving on and starting to work on stuff on their own that's a little bit outside of their league, which is like, hey, that's awesome. That's no, that's great. great. But, uh, you know. Well, I, I wish that this one pleb dev I'm thinking in particular, I can't really talk about his project, but he's working with a Bitcoin company right now, sort of as a pseudo intern, um, helping them do a front end for a new Bitcoin education type of product. Um, and a few of them, yeah, a few of them. And, and really, like, still my problem now is, like, I'm, I'm just trying to get more engagement. I'm trying to, you know, get people to reach out and tell me if they're stuck, uh, talk about what they need help with and all of that. And, you know, it's hard when you're new um, with programming. It's hard to ask questions. It's really intimidating. It can take a lot of time. Um, and so it's, it's hard to get people to engage. So that's kind of my challenge now is just to, like, give as many invitations as possible for people to participate and ask questions and follow along. Um, and so, yeah, the, the only thing I know to do is like just keep showing up at these live streams with the new workshop, new content to make every week, and then finish the course um, and just listen to what people want, listen to what people need. So, yep, that's, that's what I've heard. Um, but so far, what's really cool, I, I realized this last week, in the workshops, so far, we've covered like three different ways that you can talk to a Lightning node or, or basically work with Lightning in JavaScript. So three different ways with just your basic JavaScript skills that you can communicate with Lightning. And I think that's really cool because, you know, I wanted to build Lightning apps for a long time and I didn't have the skill set, didn't have the knowledge, didn't know the libraries. Uh, and this wasn't that long ago, I mean like a year ago. And it felt like the barrier to entry was really high and I just see it lowering, lowering more and more. And so it's exciting for me. Like, I think that yeah. there's going to be a new wave of hundreds and thousands of really crappy lightning apps uh, built by pleb devs. And I'm just like, I can't wait Bring for that. Bring it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It's a ridiculous motivator because every week I need to make an hour of educational content and yeah so I've basically been learning everything I've, I've taught I've, I've learned that week essentially or learned most of it that week um, so it's yeah, forcing me to improve have I talked to Ben or Buck uh, I mean Yeah, yeah. Going over the optech and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I would I would love to talk to them more. Um, I'm curious. The more stuff that I do, the more I'm curious about how other developers handle things, how they learned, you know, how they made the path. Because the stuff that they talk about in bit devs, it's it's a whole level deeper. Because you're not just thinking about a simple project. You're reading paragraphs about the Bitcoin protocol and thinking about it and building models in your head and you know that's a that's definitely a next level um but yeah i've got a lot to learn i mean that's for sure that'd be a fun thing to do car just like uh talk about just op tech but from like a pleb perspective we'll call it like pleb tech <laughs> yeah it's like what the hell is going on here yeah. well uh l that's what i was gonna say is that bit plebs yeah that's cool Bitcoin 
I tried once. I tried counting them. Yeah. That that. I know. I barely scratched the surface that one. I left out San Antonio. I left out Houston. I think Houston's having an event or had an event yesterday or something. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere, man. Taking over. Yeah. Uh, any any other topics? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We should plug the Galoy workshop. That's tomorrow. Where is Nick, by the way? He's sick. Is he coming in tomorrow? He better. Yeah. GGB. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow we have the Galoy workshop. Yeah. Which I'm excited for, because uh, it's really going to be a Kubernetes workshop. Yeah. Which I'm also excited for. So you're going to learn how to run your own bank using their software. Uh, Galoy has like a whole stack for running your own Bitcoin bank. And they run on Kubernetes. So Nick is going to show us how to spin up your own local little Kubernetes cluster, which is going to be really cool. Because like even if you don't feel like um, running the Galoy stack, which I don't know too much about the Galoy stack, although um, Nick was uh, showing it off at the last hackathon event, BDC++, and you might show it off again at uh, SATS by, which is coming up in March. Uh, but even if... Really? We can show it. We could shell it. Go ahead, shell it. Oh, okay. One, one shell at a time. <laughs> so I'm going to shell the Galoy workshop because uh, you get to learn about using the Galoy stack. Either you can use their API or you can spin up your own Galoy stack since it's open source. Or you could just learn how to spin up a Bitcoin project on Kubernetes if you want a project that's Bitcoin that actually will scale to millions of users. So all that, and you get it for free tomorrow, which I think is amazing because uh, this is like really good knowledge to have. This isn't that like, I don't know about you, but when every time I go on Twitter, there's like always a reply in every tweet thread that's some like shill bot account saying like, oh, I learned all the secrets of using Kubernetes, like subscribe to my course and it's all bullshit. Nick, on the other hand, Nick is the real Kubernetes wizard. And so he's going to be giving you the crash course on it tomorrow. So I'm... Yeah, my targeted bots aren't that much nerds. Oh, yeah, I get the targeted Kubernetes ads, apparently. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, check this. Be quiet, Kyle. Check this. <laughs> February 17th, correct? I'm going to stick with it. February 17th is SAS by Southwest. March. March 17th. <laughs> gotcha. Are you paying attention? It's March also St. Patty's Day, is it not? Really? Isn't St. Patty's Day on the 17th? Ooh, that's going to uh, be a spicy. Is Sasquatch. John going to be here? Uh, he should be, yeah. Oh. He should be. <laughs> oh, I hope Cheers. so. We need Tristan on they can't here to do his John so, impression. Uh, SatsPy starts on <laughs> March 17th. You can find the info at satsx.dev. It's going to be a very hype hackathon for two days, along with a builder's day uh, full of presentations and talks from people in the Bitcoin startup industry. Um, and, yeah, 48-hour hackathon. We've got over 40 million sats in prizes, Ooh. I believe. Damn. That's a lot of sats. So sats. split across a few different categories. You can see the categories on the website. I will be there. Uh, stoked on it. If you're if you're a pleb dev and you're not super confident in your hackathon skills, uh, hit me up on Twitter. You can join my team. You can have a oh, pleb right dev on. team. I don't know what we're building yet. Team pleb but, dev. Yeah. But I'm yeah, excited. excited for that. Uh, I think so. Yeah, we'll have something working by then. Maybe bit escrow, alpha, beta, something launch. Yeah. Although I'm conflicted because like Nick also scooped me up to do this like paywall thing for yeah. our hackathon project. 402. Yeah, 402. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. There's so many like Satisfy is going to be so incredible. There's like so many great ideas already floating around. Jack is coming. 
Really? Is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler? There's no official confirmation that he will be officially satisfied, but we are working to get in here for Builder's Day. Nice. Wow, so Strike's going to be in the house. Galois going to be in the house. Base 58 is going to be in the house. Yeah, everyone's going to be there. Stacker News. Hopefully John from Zaprite. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else going on during Satspy? I think there's like some the other Bitcoin takeover. Thing. Some fucking shitcoin fest is going on at the same time, I think. Yeah, at the... At the same time, uh, Bitcoin Takeover is going to be going on at the Commons right down the street. So I think you'll need to buy tickets to that. Um, and they'll have a lot of the big, you know, faces in Bitcoin doing fireside chats and stuff like that. It will probably be more of a social event. Very cool. But if you're about the building, then uh, be here at Plub Lab because that's what we're going to be focusing on. Building companies, building uh, apps. Just remind and, it's, it's Lab too. It's not Fancy Lab. Mice on the floor to have to shit. Yep. Mice on the floor. Uh, BYOB. Bring your own beanbag. Uh, nice. <laughs> Car. Yeah, we somehow have more chairs and tables in this office. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been throwing out the idea of beanbags, but Car, Car is fully against it because he says he doesn't want us to become FDX. Where is he? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think that uh, you know FTX gets to appropriate beanbags for everyone. Uh, yeah. Well, know. crypto's already been ruined as a name. What about what? Hammocks. Hammocks. I'm down. Uh, figure out how to set that up yeah, in here. Yeah, we'll have we'll have two plebs sitting in office chairs, and then we'll string a hammock in the middle. <laughs> All right, that'll work. It's, it's bound to work. Between two standing desks or something. Yeah, we'll make it work. It's Pleb Lab. Yeah. We also have an awesome hackerspace, by the way. I just want to shout out our hackerspace. I want to shout out our resident creative genius, Alex, who's been decorating the place uh, and has been doing a fantastic job. So, like, man, man, like the wall. You can't see it on for the one viewer that's watching, but, like, it looks amazing in here. Two viewers. Two viewers. Yeah. Like, the walls of Pleb Lab look amazing. Oh, hell yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah, so uh, one more team, a uh, company that I was going to say is probably going to be at Satspy, is uh, Voltage. So Voltage will be there. The folks at Voltage will be there. I know Paul and Tony will be in the house. And, uh, yeah, so they'll probably have something going on to, like, hook you up if you want to build for your hackathon project and build it on Voltage, which I would highly recommend because uh voltage just works i just love using it it's yeah. just it's just the, it's just a node i don't have to think about it just sits there in the ether always online just forwarding payments paying invoices receiving funds it's great yeah I'm, I'm becoming more and more bullish on voltage the more that i use it it's one of the main reasons that it's you know viable to kind of just make a lightning app in the same way that you would just make a to-do list app like yeah. we're getting that same level and voltage is a huge part of it. I mean, you spin it up in five minutes, you got the node with all your full capabilities with rest interface, <laughs> everything else. <laughs> so yeah. The pleb but, overlay, the pleb pylon. Yeah. 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 You get the real design uh, <laughs> if, you, if you actually sponsor us. So yeah, if you buy the premium package, yeah, come through, it'll like, We'll have Alex just do this like crazy lightning bolt that just shoots through the screen. It's like sponsored by Voltage. Voltage. Yep. What? Yeah. Tesla coil. It's an idea. Yeah. Okay. So shield voltage. We shield the hackathon. We shield the workshop. Oh. What else what should else? we shield? Shield Bitcoin. Yeah, we got to shield Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin does make it all possible. Yeah. Bitcoin's stacking. been up. Yeah. Has it? Huh. Yeah. Oh, apparently there's been like all these like fat transactions in the blocks. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like there was a there was a four megabyte block that was just literally one transaction. And I and I think it was an image it. of a wizard <laughs> in MS Paint. Yeah. 
Did you see that? I, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Wall. Is he to blame for that, for that four megabyte image that's now going to persist forever in everybody's node? I love it. I think it's great. Is there a way that Bitcoiners could eventually rub gold NFTs and like set a checkpoint in the blockchain and just throw away everything before it? That is a long topic that we don't have time for. So. <laughs> <laughs> PBS. Have a good night.